killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Hey, scary cats <laughs> Came in a little hot there Came in way too hot uh, It is time for the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre yeah. Uh, today we are watching mm-hmm. Inside. Deep inside of you. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the shorter the clip, the more I like it. <laughs> yeah, you are a fan of just really quick musical moments. You know that one, though. You didn't know LFO, but you know this one. No. Oh, I guess this is just our age difference. Like, I keep hitting these songs from, like, 1997, 1998, and that just must have been, like, I, like, like it, when you weren't listening to pop music. It, <laughs> when I wasn't listening. <laughs> it's, like, it sounds, like, vaguely familiar, but, like, yeah, I wasn't. It also could be just the brevity of the clip. Like, if you heard, like, the full song, that's Third Eye Blind. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't yeah, yeah. listen to too much Third Eye Blind, but a little bit. But what you got from that clip and the title of this episode is we're watching Inside. Yes. <laughs> we are watching 2007's. Uh, new wave, new French extremity yeah. film. Yeah, not the 2016 American remake, which studios always seem to try to do. It seems right. There yeah. was one of Martyrs as well. Yeah, that I just feel so bad for anyone. One day who... we'll do that though. <laughs> no, we won't. <laughs> one day we will. I like, accident no through like a download problem or something. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, we could very well. Like we did with what movie did we accidentally watch the wrong one? The Void. The Void, yeah. Yeah, we watched like but it some was, weird British film. It was just not the right movie. It wasn't <laughs> a remake we knew, or anything. We knew very quickly, like, I don't think this is this a is film not that it. came out this year. This is not it. <laughs> it's hard to tell with a movie that you have kind of don't know where it's going to go. A weird, dark, culty movie with practical effects. When it's yeah. just a close-up on a guy's face at the beginning. We're like, you go this, like, no. This is wrong. No, wrong. It could be a lot of things, but this doesn't feel right. This is not it. But there's got to be some people out there who like accidentally download, you know, the wrong inside or the wrong martyrs and then just get this horrible impression which is a real shame because I don't hear yeah. a single positive thing about any of those remakes of these new French extremity films. No, and I don't it doesn't seem like you could. Like I don't I don't totally understand the I don't know, the academic theory behind, you know, um new French extremity like mm-hmm. it seems really brutal and that's it. <laughs> French well, Alex West has a book, um, one of the co-hosts of um, the Faculty of Horror podcast on New French Extremity, which I would love to read at some point, but I want to watch all the titles that she talks about before yeah. reading the book because I don't I want any spoilers for these films because they're shocking mm. and I want to be shocked by them. The effect that they elicit, I yeah. mean, just going off of the few that we've seen so far, especially considering Martyrs, that yeah. is a very powerful cinematic experience and I don't want it to be tainted in any way. And I think that is one of the appealing things about this. Like, yes, it does have like new French extremity does have its roots and inspiration in body horror broadly exploit exploitation film broadly, but it's made by auteurs by people who have like yeah. a lot of cinematic talent. They can really pack a punch and they are often extremely political and making really great statements yeah. um, about society, about social relations. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not particularly yeah. sure what the broader um, message is going to be behind this one, but I do know that it ranks very highly in the New French Extremity um, among all the other titles. Yeah. With um, different ranking lists. Um, sh- should we read the uh, synopsis here? Yeah, yeah. Let me first say I'm um, with this on that point on these lists because <laughs> I did a little bit of homework. Oh, how dare you? Um, Taste of Cinema ranks it at number six for the best French, New French Extremity. Flick chart number five. Ranker and Horror Freak News both say it's the second best 
new French extremity film behind Martyrs. Okay, Martyrs is Martyrs on all the list. Yeah, yeah it's of number course. one. Okay. Um, oh no, no, it's not number one in all the lists. But in both Ranker and Horror Freak News, I think it was number one for number at least one. one of those. But then WhatCulture.com states that this is the best new French extremity film. Hmm. So that is kind of why we were drawn to do this one as our second new French extremity film. It's been a, about a year and a half since Martyrs, and we were definitely gut punched by that one in a way oh, that yeah. we didn't want to return to this subgenre too quickly. But I think we're ready now. You ready? No, <laughs> dude, no. Um, we did also, um, just as a bit of a uh, an homage to the um, the subgenre, we did Raw as well, mm-hmm. which which takes a lot from that, and that that always sticks with me. I know, I know, it's not the same. It's not from the same yeah way, you know. But it's definitely like maybe you could say like just a a late addition to that subgenre. Like it is yeah. very graphic ins- at times, or inspired by, yeah. and like as some and sort French. of French, yeah, and as some sort of legacy for mm-hmm. you know this new wave. Like it, and there I is like some that one shocking moments yeah. in Raw for sure. Yeah, it was super shocking, but like it also has a bit of that like real satisfying like. Mm-hmm. It um, feels more accessible than yeah, maybe more accessible yeah. is the right term. Um, because martyrs like. <laughs> Man, you you remember this. We watched Poughkeepsie Tapes and it messed both of us up and I immediately went back and watched it again. Did we watch Poughkeepsie Tapes after Martyrs or before? I feel like it was after. It was after. Yeah. 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 But after we watched that, I immediately watched it yes. again. Martyrs, I had no inclination to return. Mm-hmm. Like to this day, I don't. Like it yeah. really was hard to watch. I, I But in a, in one of the better ways. Absolutely. And, and just like... I find it so twisted that you'd want to go back to Poughkeepsie tapes. <laughs> and I, I do eventually want to revisit martyrs and Poughkeepsie takes, but I need some time apart from them. Mm. You know, like I, I love both of those films and appreciate them for different reasons. And they're both so dark, but so powerful um, yeah. that one it's, it's almost like too overwhelming to want to return to him too quickly, mm. but two, I want it to have that same potency. And I feel like, with right. some distance, I'll, I'll yeah. allow it to be as effective again. Yeah, for me, it was actually the opposite. I, I wanted to reduce some of that potency. And by like, by watching yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah, and it it, um, it kind of comes off the second time more like a, a campfire, the the shadow of this murderer they could never catch. Right. You know, it, it's a little less brutal when you've already seen it and you know all the punches. Right. It's not less brutal. I don't know why I'm saying that, but it's easier <laughs> to watch. Um, but Martyrs, again, I I had no and still have no. I With any horror movie, I've said this before, if I'm showing somebody else this movie and I know it's going to rock their world, I could watch anything an infinite amount of times. Yeah. So yeah, I could go back to Mar- Martyrs for maybe for that reason. Yeah. But I don't know who on earth I would want to show Martyrs to. And no, it's not exactly time. like a party film. No. It's like, hey, let's throw this on. Yeah, unless I'm going to start a new horror podcast, there's nobody I got to show no, this movie No, there's like to. just a very particular type of person and friend that you would recommend that kind of a film to like you have to truly know that they're able to handle something like that yeah and then reading the synopsis on this one yeah do you want to read it uh yeah um four months after the death of her husband a woman on the brink of motherhood uh, is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby sounds fun sounds bloody it sounds horrible man (laughs) i like i i I've read some other stuff. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you are more prepared for this. Like for some reason, I I'm less concerned than you are. Maybe it's because I just feel like martyrs kind of broke me in a way. Like it broke Mm. my brain that I feel like I can handle a lot of things now. I, I, I don't like the whole 
pregnancy thing trying to like trying to take someone's baby out of them that that seems a little sketchy i feel like i read somewhere like i haven't read any spoilers or anything but if i were to ask you do you know what weapon this uh, home invader wields um i i think i do let's not vocalize okay. it but and that does kind of that's where i'm makes, coming from yeah that makes me feel a little cringy just because i don't like any kind of sharp blades you know, I feel yeah. I feel like especially small sharp blades and like the sound of blades cutting across skin, like that kind of shit. That was a, that is really a, makes me that cringe. like happened in martyrs. Well, yeah. that that was it the was, worst example of yeah, it. Yeah, like that was that to me is like viscerally just the hardest thing to watch. Like from the perspective of just a gory scene in movie, that is that is the ultimate for me. Yeah, I. Ugh. What? Okay, we go. I'm bringing you down <laughs> to the level that you should be at. You're get, yeah, you're 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 prepping me, prepping me good. Um, so this one's by writer director team Julian Mori and Alexandre Bustillo, who have a couple other features um, that have also been reviewed pretty well. Livid in 2011 and Among the Living in 2014. Hmm. They also did a short in the ABCs of Death. Ah, and uh, this one, this the one actor that might be familiar to some people is Beatrice Dahl or Dolly. She was the blind woman in Jim Jarmusch's Night on Earth, and she's also in Gaspar Noe's upcoming 50-minute film, which I'm I'm hoping comes to TIFF in some form. Mm. It's it's a little awkward because it's 50 minutes, so it's like, do you give it its own slot at Midnight Madness? Do you yeah. run it in like a special section of the festival? But it played con. It's another kind of dancey one, so it just feels like maybe mm. he just had a little bit more dancey stuff that he wanted to get out of the system, so did. It, it's called Lux Eterna this new Gaspar Noe one. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to come see the Tron after dark in some capacity or yeah. Or Tiff. Yeah, totally. That would be awesome. Bring he, it on. He didn't get all the dancing out. Yeah. He, he, just, to... he had one, he wanted one more number. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Okay. Well, before we do that, let's get to scaring tell. What'd you watch for scaring tell this week, Dave? I watched a little movie that at this exact second, I can't remember whether or not I saw Netflix or shutter. Okay. Netflix. Mara. Mara. Interesting. Oh, not ringing no bells. Cool. Um, yeah, so it's a pretty good movie. Um, it's a 2018 um, sort of like haunting-ish movie, kind of like, I guess, like The Ring or The Grudge, something like that. Okay. Um, there's a sort of folklorish spirit that... Um, has like rules and comes from a uh, a culture in some place on earth and it's affecting people here it's sort of like a plague um hmm. yeah kind of like in the ring you know you see the tape and then the then week later you're you. dead and then somebody else sees the tape because you showed it to them you know so it like spread <clears throat> it spreads in that way yeah it's sort of like that um wherein um from some inception point which you don't know what it is um this thing has spread to a bunch of people and so there's these mysterious deaths happening and yeah there there's this um this little kid waking up here and screaming and uh her father is dead in bed and her mom is freaking out nobody's there you know they don't know what's uh what's happening mm -hmm. so um this psychologist with the police comes in and talks to a little girl she's trying to figure out what happened you know tell me what your mom told you all this stuff um and she's like i can't tell you because you'll put her away if i do and she goes i promise i won't do that and so she tells the investigator what happened and then she's like yeah well mother's clearly crazy and killed her <laughs> killed the husband <laughs> otherwise there's a spirit who kills people um so she's going away 
she goes away and uh um we start to learn more about mara um as a spirit as uh what i forgot to say is this is connected to sleep paralysis that's the big that's okay. the big thing about this movie okay. is mara affects you in in a state of sleep paralysis and that's where this myth oh, comes from i mean that is that is great fodder for horror because mm-hmm. that's terrifying yep i I, I don't I think maybe only once in my life I've experienced that kind of phenomenon where yeah. you're kind of mentally awake but physically you can't move your body. Right? I, I've never in my life experienced that. I think I think I would just die. Yeah. Of fright. It's just like an extension of the feeling of you can't wake up from a dream. Like you know that when you're you're stuck in a dream, you're like, wake the fuck up. This nightmare sucks. I want out. It's like a little mm-hmm. bit bigger than that because you then are kind of awake lying in bed or whatever, but you just like can't move your arms. So you just start like going come on yeah and what you just did is a very good like representation of how they deal with it in the movie is like the eyes snap open and Mm -hmm. like like they're arrested they cannot exactly move at all but they're like you know trying to utter a sound and their eyes are just bulging you know like they can look left and right but can't move their head or anything yeah and um so you there's this like um this uh sleep paralysis like support group um, that a bunch of people are going to. So like one of these people knows like knows Mara, knows the story of this spirit. And he's like, this is how it works. So um, overall, it was, it was pretty good. I loved the second act uniquely. Like mm. when they started getting into here's how the spirit works. Um, here are the stages. Yeah. And we're going to investigate this with like five characters. The kill count is really high for one of these movies, hmm. which is, I think, a little unique um, to have a spirit that, you know, kills you over like weeks uh, to have a very high kill count and to keep doing the exact same thing. And the police trying to figure it out like it. It's pretty satisfying right in the middle of the movie. Like, I really enjoyed it. And uh, a cool thing, um, Javier Botet plays Mara. Oh, great. Yeah. And awesome. It's super creepy. So, yeah. And uh so I think another thing that might get people interested is knowing maybe the uh, the steps that Mara takes because it's unique. Sure, and yeah, it's pretty interesting. So um, first, you 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 wake up, sleep paralysis, and you see Mara looking at you. Um, and after yeah, and after um, this happens several times, you'll move to step two, um, where Mara will mark you. And then step, and when Mara marks you, you pull down your eyelid, and there's a little red spot. Oh, wonderful! And uh, and then the third step is um, Mara will climb up onto your chest and put her hands around your neck, and then your eyes are just completely red. And the next time you go to sleep, Mara will kill you. Oh, great! Yeah, so we encounter a character. And you get to see a lot of those steps. Yes, you see them all replay multiple times, which is awesome. And we meet a character who's on like step three, and (laughs) and and so are these meetings like kind of alcohols, alcoholics anonymous? When you're like, I'm on step two, I'm on step three. Oh no, (laughs) no. um, You get a little pamphlet. There's basically like the conspiracy theorist who knows. I see, I see. Right, because it's a it's a support group for sleep paralysis, not for dealing with Mara. Exactly, and he's like, well, I'm not dealing with sleep paralysis. I'm dealing with a sleep demon. Yeah, you know. (laughs) And so he like he's just incendiary, and when he's at these things, people go like, it's so hard, and I'm so scared. He's like, you're gonna die tomorrow. (laughs) Like he's horrible, and it's it's so funny. Um, And he's got this cool thing where he like rigs up like a bunch of like alarms and like super loud music and stuff to wake him up every 20 minutes mm-hmm. because if he doesn't fall into does. deep sleep mara can't get him if he doesn't fall it, into deep sleep then oh so as long as you stay at like a light rem then you're okay yeah 
And uh, again, he's just trying to avoid this, like Mara creeps onto his chest and puts his puts her hands around his neck. He's trying to avoid that. And then you start, uh, when that happens, like when you get to stage four, basically the next time you go to sleep, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Mara's going to kill the shit out of you. Um, and it's kind of like it follows like the way people end up dead. It's like, you know, when it catches up to you, you're dead. You just are just you're just like blue fucked up, and slightly contorted. Yeah, contorted and just clearly super dead. Um, eh, I was about to. I lost. Oh, yeah. So on the fourth step, you're, you'll die if you go to sleep. But you'll also see Mara in, at, when you're awake, like in your waking life. You'll just, just wander around. She's just following you because she's like, oh. when you fall asleep, I'm right here. Oh, great. So that all that I kind of described takes place in the second act. And it is so satisfying. I really, really enjoyed that. The performances are honestly not that great. Hmm. That's the only other than Javier Botet who kills it as Mara as Mara and kills them. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds interesting enough. I'd definitely be curious to see uh, some of that second act stuff you were describing. Yeah. And it's short enough. It's looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mara's super gross. And just those scenes, like when she sees something, she, you know, she's like, oh my God, there's something there. And then yeah. she, wakes up from the sleep paralysis even though her eyes were open she like comes to and it's gone like that stuff like looks really good even though it's kind of a shot that's been done a million times cool yeah and if it's like 80 90 minutes why not yeah it's it's certainly worth sitting down and watching um where the folklore comes from they explain it it's good cool mara on netflix check it out what did you watch this week chris uh so i watched this wonderful anthology from 1985 called cat's eye cool Go on. Which I always just judging a book by its cover. Yeah. It never really appealed to me. Like had Drew a, a younger Drew Barrymore on the cover and like a face of a cat. And I'm like, okay, whatever. How like what yeah. what could that possibly be? But it ended up being a delightful surprise. Um hmm. so this is uh, a movie that Stephen King wrote the screenplay for. He wrote all three of the short stories that are in there and the wraparound that happens. And the wraparound is delightful. The whole thing is you're basically following a cat throughout three different shorts and the cat like encounters the people in the first short and becomes part of the story in one way. Then the cat wanders to like (laughs) another group and ends up being involved in that story and then finally lands and having a pretty central role in the final one final segment. So in between all the shorts, you're getting the cat kind of leaving one short and going into the next short. This is by Stephen King. Pardon me. This is by Stephen King. Of course. Yeah. Knowing his penchant for like, you know, connecting worlds i wonder if that's church in some way oh interesting um but yeah this well cat oh you mean maybe church pre-death because church comes back from the dead and then is or the creepy ass cat either or before either or, or after either or but anyways hilariously the first scene just to really establish and make sure you know that this is stephen king um <laughs> writing the screenplay <laughs> the cat is chased by cujo so cujo is chasing the cat and the cat's um, trying to get away. Of course. And then Christine comes and almost runs over Cujo and the cat. Like, all just kind of in so the quick opening scene. How like, could it not be church then? <laughs> it's just, it probably is church. But it's, so it's just this That's delightful, hilarious. like, hilarious kind of wink to the audience, the wink to the Stephen King fans that just kind of sets it up right at the gate. He's standing in the corner holding a Pennywise balloon. <laughs> it's me. Yeah, there, there very likely is even more clues that i just did not see well I, it wasn't written at this point i don't think right that's late 80s when it comes out i think you're right yeah um but there's oh, probably yeah, other 85. ones 
Yeah, this is 85 when this came out. It was directed by Louis Teague, who did Cujo two years earlier. Okay. So it's just like a little reunion yeah. recap, kind of That's go fresh great. off that. And another weird thing about this movie is, yes, Drew Barrymore is in it as like, a, I don't know, eight years old or something. This is a couple years after E.T. Um, she also did Firestarter, which is that also a Stephen King story? It might be. Oh, it might be. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but she is. she plays three different characters in each of these shorts so they like Wait. dress her up with like a weird wig in one of them they put glasses on her and sometimes they're just super minor characters but drew barrymore has three different roles in this movie which is such a strange thing to do for like an eight-year-old who yeah. really doesn't have like a wide range in acting performances but is doing like slightly different versions of what it means to be an eight-year-old anyways wow. So the that's so silly. <laughs> all all three are are just wacky and fun in kind of like the creep showy way, but in in um, stories that I found much more interesting and fun. So the first one is about a guy who um, wants to quit smoking and goes to the kind of the sketchy business that guarantees we can make you stop, we can help you stop smoking. Like mm-hmm. we will go to extreme lengths, but if you sign here whatever we promise that you'll never smoke again and it just like this agency ends up like having people that are stalking you around and following you and are in your house and in your closets and just like constantly like will kind of come after you and punish you in various ways if they catch you like lighting up a cigarette but also they will harm people you know if they see you doing it so they like it's all kind of super negative reinforcement yeah but it gets it just gets really fun and really silly and the guy just gets this lead guy gets super paranoid and concerned all the time, but everything that happens to him is so funny. Like he starts kind of tripping out at one point and he sees just like giant cigarettes walking around. Like it's just, it's wow. silly and it's fun and they spend the money on weird sets and practical effects. That's very Stephen King ish. Yeah. Cause you can see giant cigarettes walking around in a, in a book. Right. <laughs> and it's no big deal. It's like, oh yeah, he's having a hallucination. Was it silly as fuck? Yeah. It's, it's silly, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of fun and it's, it's yeah. So that one was great. The second one was, fine it wasn't as exciting um it's basically just like this one guy gets in trouble with the wrong people and to entertain themselves they like force him to go out on the ledge on this high building and like just kind of walk along the ledge they're like we'll 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 solve all your problems if you just like go have this near-death experience and we're gonna throw stuff at you and make fun of you or whatever and then kind of the tables gets get turned and he gets to like throw the other guy out there and obviously the cat is kind of there and do different things too um so that that second one wasn't really remarkable but the third one really makes up for it which is um the the cat just ends up at this home where drew barrymore is like can we keep him can we keep him please and this kid drew barrymore um keeps telling her parents that there's like a monster in the walls that comes out and like um scares her at night or whatever and the parents are like oh no fine whatever and it turns out this monster is real and we see this tiny little troll like figure come out of the walls at night he's got like a little knife or whatever (laughs) and he keeps like coming up and he wants to like steal the breath from drew barrymore like he's like sucking in her oxygen or something like that okay whatever get her life force whatever the weird conceit is um but it ends up that whole third being cat versus troll <laughs> like yes. the cat is attacking it and the parents like of course first don't believe because they don't see the troll they just see the mayhem afterwards and they're like we got to get rid of this cat and <laughs> drew barrymore is like no no the cat is saving me we got to deal with this but it's full out um giant sets like the gate i feel like that they had to have done that nice. because the troll is clearly like a, a full human running around but is so miniature pre green screen and cgi so i think they made a giant set like we discovered they did for the other 1987 movie the gate and running around so it's 
so entertaining and so fun in a way wow. that I feel like, cause this movie overall doesn't have amazing reviews. And I, I think they just didn't appreciate that kind of craftsmanship at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if it was overly silly and goofy, there's a lot of the audience, especially non horror genre fans would have just been like, Oh, whatever. There's just like a stupid goofy kind of thing, but it is so much fun in retrospect, like mm. them going all the way with the practical effects. So uh, the third one definitely redeemed the second one and the first one's okay. And the wraparound is so fun. It's so much cat acting, like just to get these shots where you have yeah. animals wanting to like just travel across certain things, jump up on certain things, interact with certain objects. That must be so much work and it's yeah. so fun to watch. Wow, dude. Yeah. That's sounds uh, like, was the last uh little um anthology romero stephen king uh, creep, show? creep show yeah yeah it sounds better than that it was it for me and I, I think this is probably blasphemy to a lot of people but for me i had more fun with cat's eye than i did with creep show yeah yeah, yeah. i don't think creep shows that <laughs> both are full stephen king screenplays right yeah yeah which is <laughs> awesome i mean or was um george romero more uh, instrumental in the writing in the first one uh, stephen dr- king just had the one he just acted in one, but I think he wrote all and George oh, Romero directed all. Is that I, right? I don't know. I don't remember. Yike. I would I would remember if like I thought it was really good. Yeah, you know. But I, I was a little let down. Yeah, you know? maybe we were in the wrong place, but we didn't. And Stephen King doesn't act; he doesn't show his face. And in, in, uh, not that I recall, I? maybe there was a cameo snuck in there, but I did not notice yeah. that he was in there. But yeah, just in one scene, it's not a cat; it's a guy in a cat suit. <laughs> I didn't see him, but <laughs> or he played the troll in like deep makeup. That would have been great. Oh, that would have been great. But yeah, they they were playing it over at the Royal, so of course couldn't resist. That Had is, to check it out. That is awesome. Great. That's a that's a good one because I mean I don't know that I would have ever for any reason watched that movie. Exactly. I just I kind of saw it because it was there. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't go out of my way really to go see it. Um, but because they were screened it, I'm like sure I'll check it out, and yeah. it ended up being quite quite a pleasant surprise. Hell yeah, man. I'm uh I'm really glad that you enjoyed it too because. If you watched another like kind of Stephen King uh, anthology that mm-hmm. wasn't killer, yeah, he you got a good one. He wrote so many screenplays in the eighties, it seemed like with with these anthologies and Maximum Overdrive was right around that time too. Yeah, <laughs> I want to watch that to say I've seen it, oh. but I don't want to watch it. No, either. it's fun. It is a fun time. It's it's so bonkers and silly and ridiculous, but it's still fully yeah. entertaining and fun. It's okay. good. I only watch those kinds of movies with you. Yeah, well, we should watch it together or watch it with friends because that is, you know, that's okay. not the kind of movie you want to really watch alone. You want to enjoy in a crowd. Yeah. You know, you want to enjoy it with others where you could all laugh at like, what, what is this? What are you what doing, What is this cocaine Dave? fueled? What are you doing tonight? Uh, just sitting alone in my room watching Maximum Overdrive <laughs> with a brandy. No, that doesn't sound so bad when you had the brandy in actually. Yeah. When, well, seven or eight brandies. Sure beautiful all right chris well how do we segue back into this do you nightmare? need to do you want it um, inside cheers i can't even laugh <laughs> it's no laughter fuck man why do we keep watching these movies <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I loved that movie. I really enjoyed it as well, but that took a toll. That took a toll on me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just... Yeah, you seem drained. We got like a... Throughout the whole movie, we got baby, basically this like... This baby's like sh- impact ride throughout yeah. this horrible... 
which Sequence was of probably the thing I liked the least about the movie is it, those weird ass fetus shots of I, like <laughs> I would dude I would take that if it wasn't 2007 like CGI CGI I, I kind of like I think that's really dumb and when the baby like jumped out of her mouth like <laughs> everything before I, I was cool that, with that. Moment, every, I was cool with the baby jumping out of the mouth I would if that was some sort of practical thing or just a little less I think explicit. it was practical you think so maybe we have to go back it was so quick and that it was, that was yeah. they were smart to do that like to just show really quick so your eye can't lock on to what you're seeing yeah but I love the the fact that like you know she put up her arms to defend herself and then you'd see the baby do the same thing oh that's like, the stuff that I thought was so cheesy like I, I what, loved that I feel like you're projecting um like motor skills onto an infant that oh yeah the, and spatial awareness just things like that oh like, yeah no I didn't I'm in danger help like knock on the I kind of didn't think yeah the baby was actually doing those things I was kind of taking it it's like because when he like hit the you know yeah the steering wheel the steering wheel or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. just hits against I guess the inside of the womb it's a little jarring yeah yeah like but I mean that also kind of looks silly like how you'd hit you know if you suddenly stop the car and your seatbelt was on you go boonk and hit your head Mm -hmm. you know on the window yeah but like seeing the baby like I don't know. I've never seen a movie where internally you could see like not just the protagonist, the pregnant mother taking damage and hits throughout the movie, but the baby itself. Yeah. You know, that was, you're right. I don't I, think, I think I've what, seen that anywhere what, else. Yeah. And what got me was definitely the effect on it, mm-hmm. but I could take getting that internal shot and seeing like, Oh man, the baby is a character here and and is along for the ride and getting bumped around. Yeah. I did. I did like that. Yeah. Cool. Even though I can totally see him like, that's a bit silly, but Mm-hmm. It worked. And, for right, me. Maybe it was. Maybe it was the age of it that, like the age of the effects that really um, affected that. But maybe. But it was certainly unique. Mm-hmm. You know. And I mean, the story. I mean, okay. That first um, opening scene of the car crash, um, uh, very powerful at showing just like the trauma of that moment. Like when they're yeah. just both sitting there and they've got they're covered in blood, chunks of glass, yeah. and just slowly coming to and and slowly piecing things together. Like that was a jarring opening shot. Totally. Yeah. And uh she just looks over, just says his name. He's clearly dead and full of glass. Yeah. You know, and we saw the first time the baby, you know, with the impact, we saw the baby. Did you differentiate that there were two women in both cars like no yeah okay until the end no yeah, that's, exactly. their, that's their twist reveal no it's a great it yeah. is a good is that twist yeah. the narration in the beginning wasn't the main character it was yeah. the antagonist and i did have a moment when they then show her and it's this four months later uh, of thinking well that's weird like that she seemed super pregnant four months ago but mm. i guess whatever and i just let it slide yeah my brain but, didn't even grab you know, that i don't even know if i saw that yeah but, it was just like a quick title yeah but that's i mean that's the level of twist you want in this type of yeah, movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, put some ambiguity that the viewer isn't aware of at the beginning and clear it up right at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, if you zoom out and the concept of this movie is like two pregnant women crashed their cars together and then like had a showdown for it, mm-hmm. like, that's almost funny. Like, <laughs> that is almost funny. It almost feels like a modern retelling of um, that story in the Bible where one pregnant woman loses her baby and goes to the king and like says like what is it like cut it out of her stomach wool yeah yeah it feels like in half or something yeah loosely feels like that a little bit because you have two women kind of competing over this one child yeah yeah it's it's got that sort of feel to it um and (sighs) i mean so with these movies there were what we often love about them is one that they're gorgeously shot but two that there's some sort of commentary or some sort of message internally that's yeah what did you what did you feel the message was of this one pregnant woman fight <laughs> yeah I, I think it was like i don't know if it's trying to show the um the stress and 
the terror that comes with pregnancy itself maybe like pregnancy as a horrific thing get some of that and with that effect with the the fetus like you know the mother and the mm-hmm. child you know going through it together you know it wasn't one character it was these two yeah but, yeah it could be like just trying to explore that maternal instinct like what if what if you what if someone snaps and that maternal instinct goes kind of overboard and you're like sure, i need yeah. a baby and to do you know you go to these extreme levels to then have a child yeah i'm not sure and that was instinct fighting instinct her yeah. trying to protect her baby and but then the other thing that kind of muddles all this from a broader political standpoint too is the subplot of the riots taking place in the background and how that all potentially fits into this i'm really yeah. curious about interpretations on that yeah because i'm just a stupid gorilla so when i watch these movies i'm like oh that means that there won't be a lot of cops sure that's fine mm. i can accept that that's a great little device and i don't need to think that it has anything to do with themes or the story and my mind goes past that so i totally yeah. like even <laughs> didn't think about it and i'm just like okay what does this broadly mean like the riot are we rioting against the body like what is what is it supposed to symbolize yeah. um so that's interesting but yeah i did love how there were cops and the cops do arrive and they come in like that's this was so exciting of a home invasion movie because characters keep showing up and you yeah. keep thinking that there might be a chance that they can rescue her yeah and there's something about this situation that they set up that no matter who showed up at any point mm-hmm. like either of the two the protagonist or the antagonist could end up killing them with a sharp object like right by accident yeah. or you know like you just never knew but you had no confidence that any of these characters coming in could do anything no because things were so chaotic for the protagonist that and we saw right away she killed her fucking mom like, right yeah the gate. oh my god <laughs> that was insane so like yeah you're, you're concerned every time someone goes up that oh she might accidentally kill them yeah thinking she, that it's the antagonist yeah or yeah or they walk in they see that she's there and then boom they're killed by this woman yeah like that happened several mm-hmm. times so we got the sense that but that... it definitely it definitely reminded me of revenge which came out a couple of years ago mm-hmm. just yeah. in terms of the sheer volume of blood that gets sprayed was, all over the house i was gonna say like in, in rainfall how many inches of blood do we get in that movie oh my Fucking god tsunami's worth dude but it was it was gorgeous like the gore was yeah. amazing in this movie like from even yeah that that stab in the neck of her mo- mother and just watching it drain out and yeah. paint the wall just like this Argento shot in um, Tenenbrae. The same kind of thing happens. Mm. I was thinking about that a lot. Yeah, she tries to like run off after her daughter. Yeah, and you're her. just seeing like this like spray of blood just travel across the wall. And then shortly after, her editor from her job like goes up the stairs and he gets so killed. Yeah. Well, first through the back of his right knee, right? Back she of the right knee, yeah. Stabs all the way through. With her us scissors. Yeah. And then it, yeah. <laughs> and then I feel like, did she get his other leg too? Or just when he's down, she goes straight for the dick. I think she's just straight to the like crotch region. Just like jams it right in and there. Twist, twist, and, twist, oh, twist. That's the thing. She's not just a Pulls. stabber. She's a stab and twister. Yeah. Oh, dude. Every, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the her gore MO. in this movie is a thing goes into somebody's flesh and then moves around. Yeah. That happens so much. And then, um, she, takes the scissors out of his dick and stabs him in the face a couple times and slashes his throat, which has like that crazy, like sound revealed too, like that they did like twice. Yeah. Um, and then blood sprays on the wall, like, you know, 10 gallons of it. Yep. And then she drags him down the stairs and he wakes up for a minute and she stabs him, like tries to suffocate him with a pillow and then stabs him in the through face, the through the pillow and then moves it moves around. it around again. Yeah. Like she's mixing up some yogurt to get yeah. the fruit off the bottom and you're i'm so glad you pointed out the sound design because the sound design is impeccable in this movie mm. and all of those stabby scenes just the the sound just adds so much more to me and like makes me yeah. squirm 
so much more than even maybe the visual so like just those things together yeah, working yeah, in perfect yeah. tandem was yeah. a lot it's, it's certainly perfect and it was just super dark and and uh, what i noticed with these it's so punishingly painful like you can sort of like feel like the agony that the characters are going through because it's like you got stabbed in the hand and you held a piece of broken glass oh my god and you got gashed here and you got bashed in the stomach you got like I mean, that's, that's such a perfect use of that set piece. I love it that she eventually carves out a hole because she's trying to escape. But then in reaching through, the antagonist stabs her hand to the wall. Like, that's just such a iconic looking yeah. shot of her yeah. hand being through the thing that she's trapped in, but then, like, and, scissored to the wall. And just the vulnerability that you feel as an audience member when the she reveals that, you know, while her arm is out reaching, mm-hmm. that the woman's standing there. Like yeah. grabs hold of her arm, like that moment alone, even before she stabs yeah. her, yeah, you're like, no, Terrifying. she's caught because you're all these moments. She's like slow moving. She's always on the other side of a door. She's not quite caught, mm-hmm. and that moment she is fully caught. And it, yeah. that was terrifying. And then, yeah, stabs her through the hand horrifically. Oh, uh, and how about that first cop who gets shot from behind and oh, have yeah. like three quarters of his head just blown right off his head just explodes beautifully that was a great practical effect that Uh was awesome yeah Um, that it also felt like an old italian kind of um head explosion moment of it like just clearly a prosthetic full head and just exploding outwards yeah yeah did it, it didn't do the thing where like the body fell over and then the camera focused on her standing behind him did it do something like that? i don't think so i don't recall that cut okay I feel yeah. like it was just a shot of the head alone exploding and then it went and then back it cut to, to her like walking in a frame or something. Okay. Yeah. But um so and that... then the the other cop who came who kind of got killed right before he got a knitting needle to the eye. Yes. And then horrifically as she pulls it out, he goes like, No, no and then she stabs him in the neck. Yeah. Like he saw it coming. Ugh. He sure did. And then I guess <sighs> the the other kills we had um the one cop in in the lightest kill in the whole movie just got shot off screen and then he's just dead on the ground and we don't really see much of that because we heard the noise of it when they were at the fuse box yeah but didn't he get up at the end that was the i think that was i don't think that was the cop i think that was the um kid the prisoner no the kid got stabbed in his forehead yeah was I, that not the kid with like, no because he no because um then when the the guy was stabbed in the chest and he laid back on the couch you saw the kid with the handcuffs like uh-huh. his, he was dead on the ground and his like body was sort of still attached to the okay, other officer gotcha. right, so it was so the officer the who got shot with that weird looking gun thing i think whatever that was yeah it looked like i'm um, like a tear gas launcher or something like that it, yeah I, like i even because i had these two it looked like a very yeah. very tiny little shotgun with two barrels but you're right it like it like knocked the side of his head that yeah. clearly did some massive brain damage and his, his eyes, eyes were just blood full of red yeah yeah so and like bleeding up the mouth so he was he was like hysterical like he was he had lost it at that point yeah that was fuck i couldn't that's make why he just goes after her the protagonist right like he's, he's like ah, yeah he doesn't zombie-esque yeah yeah because yeah same i guess he's got some brain damage from that his skull must have been like actually yeah, totally. and same with the kid who got stabbed in the head in the forehead he right like down pulled it out and he's like tried but his brain is damaged yes. he's dying so he's collapsed he's hemorrhaging so he's like he swings it feebly and she walks up like within range to get stabbed by this kid but he's dead and he drops and that that's a wonderfully choreographed physical moment that because she like has enough confidence that like he's gonna drop it any minute yeah this is fine yeah and this is like now that i'm thinking back to it other than the one cop who gets just stabbed quick and killed and killed and the other one who gets his head blown off pretty much everyone else gets like a life-threatening wound 
and like walks it off for a little bit before they die or gets like one last like attempt at fighting back before yeah. they die yeah you don't just it's like a single stab doesn't officially write off a character there's struggle yeah exactly that kept coming back and And no one struggles like the protagonist does in the amount of wounds that she takes throughout this film yeah like in that first scene you just see her covered in blood and just destroyed and that's hard enough to watch and you're like i don't know if the baby the car crash yeah the car crash i don't know if the baby's okay i don't know any of this like i'm really nervous about this and then yeah the first wound she receives Mm -hmm. is the horrific running of the scissors to her like belly button mm-hmm. and then a slash in the mouth right back to back it's just ridiculous and she's and that's when she runs to the bathroom just right away like, mm-hmm. yeah it gets pretty much her, right out the gate yeah it gets her hair pulled out um mm-hmm. gets her hands cut up with the glass gets her hands stabbed with the scissors mm-hmm. um gets smashed in the face with a toaster oven has to create an airway and puncture a hole in her own throat to, to it, breathe right yeah, is that yeah, what's happening she, there she, her throat was full of blood so yeah. she had to like stab Stab. a hole in it and then it like drained out and then she taped it up with duct tape like Like, amazing like i don't know even over her hair like there's something about that i'm like this this is such a badass she is an insane fighter be stopped and And ultimately she can't apparently but well i mean (laughs) it's a dark it's a dark little ending yeah yeah i suppose especially seeing her just like gutted open like that was pretty traumatic to see this like womb just this open thing and then yeah you kind of hope sometimes if it's going to be bad like that you don't necessarily want your character to endure the most suffering possible yeah yeah so it it really and it doesn't like it's it's hard to watch but it doesn't leave like a sour taste it doesn't quite feel mean-spirited it's like yeah exactly it didn't have that metaphysical darkness that we got to with martyrs i could enjoy Mm -hmm. it more as like a straightforward slasher straightforward home invasion and yeah it was an excessively gory one but it was also very beautifully yeah. shot and just nonstop action pretty much. Yeah. Like, like men are just getting, other people are just getting in the way. She just wants this baby. She really wants that baby. She was going to do it by like, you know, sterilizing the scissors and just cutting it out. And that'd be, yeah. That. At the top she has, she has the sterilization and she dips the scissors in them. Like, but then by the end, she's not even sterilizing when she's given the C-section. No, I don't think <laughs> doesn't, doesn't it doesn't matter, matter at that point. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also, like you noted um, really quick right at the gate, there was like a cool smoky vibe in the house the mm. whole time, yeah. which is also done in this movie that came out last year. I don't think it's been released wide yet called Luz or Luz. Remember that yeah, one? Yeah, Luz. I saw it at like a, a small little festival in Toronto, Lost Episode Fest. Um, and they, they went like triple with the, the fog smoke effect and they did it. But here it was like dialed back a little bit. It had like nice sepia colors yeah. in the house too. Yep. It looked kind of like... um if a pottery barn living room was set up for like a scary haunted house aesthetic or something like that. <laughs> sure. Cause everything was so kind of clean and nice, which is the perfect setting to start drenching everything in blood. Yep. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Blood and, and like broken water and, yeah. you know, and I also was obsessed with the score in this movie. It was like a very, it felt very contemporary. Um, it was very synthy a yeah. lot of the way through. And then it, kind of contrasted that synthiness with kind of a beautiful classical cello driven music at certain points as well yeah um yeah it was nice it was yeah it, it sort of gives it this air of um i don't know it's it seems like sophisticated in a way like even though it is a blood fest totally no it totally elevates it like especially yeah. the, the classical sections and then mm-hmm. the synthy sections just are so good for the tension and there were a few moments in some of the early kills where um 
like violence would happen and you would have this loud kind of screeching yeah. synthy sound which just sounded so good like it just yeah, like completed the aesthetic of those na- kills namely when she slashes the editor's throat on the yes, stairs yes 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 and the blood goes in the wall oh, yeah so good yeah i uh it's a blast so yeah i mean this this felt like a cakewalk compared to martyrs i feel yeah like it was just it, it did not yeah like it was some hard to watch gore but it was also very impressive gore yeah. so i was more excited about what i was seeing on screen than i was fucked up by it like i know it's a movie i know that no one died like i know that this she didn't actually lose her baby to a burnt face monster i know that that didn't actually happen Mm -hmm. but still watching it go down was hard which oh man okay i loved that too the like just torching her face and yes just like by the end of the movie cigarette yes and just boom right in the face but just for that whole movie for them to get to that point where they are just they have destroyed each other so much yeah it's so nuts and then they come together she's having the baby but it's not gonna come out naturally because of all this stuff and they have to work together in a moment you know and yeah it's super unsettling but yeah yeah even like the I liked I mean, it. the setup is it does it's a thing we've seen many times but it was effective like coming to the door and then slowly yeah. being at the window and then all oh, those photos punching the the glass the, all of a sudden one yeah one hit and then just watching the glass kind of slowly crack and yeah. being like is she, is she going to enter at this point or is she going to come back later what's her yeah. what's her strategy here and, and you know um yeah, this is a home invasion movie and it runs an hour 20. Um, and usually... Which has got to be shorter than all the other ones. Almost it's definitely shorter than Funny Games and Strangers. Yeah, what I was about to suggest is like with the home invasion thing, you need to sort of build up the invader. Either like in Stranger style, they'll start showing the images of them in the background. Or if it's like a Funny Games, they introduce the characters to them and why they would be there and all that stuff. But this, like she showed up at the door and immediately betrayed her intentions. She's like, open the door, let me in. Yeah. She's like, no, get out of here. Her second line is like revealing that I know your line about yeah. your husband. He's dead. Yeah. Your name is Sarah. Your husband's not asleep, Sarah. He's dead. Yeah. But yeah. then it was good too. It was a nice little piece of writing to have the cops then cast doubt on her by saying like, yeah. well, your name's on the mailbox. Things, right. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Even though she's like, no, no, she she knew things. Like she doesn't even vocalize at that point saying like, no, she knew my husband was dead where she could have said that and that would right. have probably yeah. alarmed him. But I do like too that the cops weren't this plot device that kind of checked in early and then came too late it's like no they responded yeah. they followed up and they realized quickly that woman wasn't pregnant that that's someone else we need to go into that house and like yeah. that sound clearly wasn't just a washer like when that they start to walk away you're like oh come on don't like don't that, buy that exactly. but then you're like oh they didn't buy that thank you for saying that yeah it was a bit of a a bit of a like oh come on that was our safety but then at the same time it was exciting like mm-hmm. this woman she can just fill any role because nobody knows like everyone's not quite familiar enough with her to with her and or her mother and you know her family yeah the characters who show up happen to not be familiar enough with her so that this woman can get away with it which was unique that the killer can just go like hello it was really unique and i love too how she was kind of slow reacting to try to figure out the situations like in that moment where the mother shows up and then the co-worker is like well then who are you she yeah. just kind of like she doesn't know how to respond immediately she's like her brain is working through it and like how do i figure how do i get around this like yeah there's something was, so great about that i was kind of like in my own head trying to like go along with her thought process because mm-hmm. at first like this guy he walks in and she's like i'm caught and he goes oh you must be your mother she's like and she plays it off perfectly yeah, yeah. you know um it just yep that's who i am let them make all the suggestions yeah. and he's like together well i better go and she's like 
nah, stay for a drink. <laughs> and I was like, okay, she's twisted. Yeah. And then that the is a- an interesting yeah. moment that she's like, yes, get him out of here. Just like, yeah. no, let's, let's linger on this for a little while. Yeah. And then it seemed like he kind of tried to make a move on her. She went to go get him another drink. So I didn't know exactly where that was going. Mm-hmm. And then the actual mother shows up and it kind of seemed like in that moment when she didn't know what to say, she's like, probably shouldn't have invited this guy to stay for a drink. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I, cause the mother walks in, who are you? I'm Darcy. Sarah's upstairs. I'm so sorry to, to not let you know that I was here. Yeah. No, but she doesn't. She's like, yeah, she doesn't know she what hasn't to planned say. that far ahead because she's pretended to be the mother to this character mm-hmm. and she didn't know the mother would just show up. So she just mm-hmm. stands there kind of dumbfounded. I'm like, great. Her plan fell apart, but it doesn't matter because she's kind of making it up as she goes. Yeah, she is. And she clearly waited for the moment, like the last possible moment where she could come in and just take this baby out herself. Yeah, exactly. That was the plan. It like, has to be like the due date. Um, exactly yeah. like the night before the due date and was and the there a scene Christmas? in the hospital before where she is there too like we see her do we see her at one moment early in the film we might um no where we see her is um when uh sarah was taking pictures of the family with their kid early on the bench yeah um she's looking through those pictures and in the background she sees the woman standing there standing there watching gotcha yeah 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 oh i think a really fun. solid fantastic movie yeah really hard to watch now that's over i really like it more <laughs> like oh i'm thought, very yeah. happy that... i just thought it was like an exemplary home invasion movie that is just elevated by yeah. all the right aesthetics like the visuals the gore the score the sounds it mm-hmm. just felt great to the point oh, yeah. where like i i don't i don't particularly care about um the ending if it was this way or the other way you know what i mean like it doesn't yeah even matter like i loved the journey to get there exactly dude and there it is it is a fun kind of unique weird thing like oh end with her in a rocking chair taking care of this child like whatever but i would have been just as happy if if she killed her and then that was just a final take of she survived it like, yeah it, it seemed kind of innocuous like irrelevant to yeah, the rest if, of the film if she had heroically somehow like defeated this woman given birth to the baby and survived and she went and sat down in the rocking chair with yeah. her own baby covered it in felt, blood it would have felt the same way the same, same movie right yeah. yeah um yeah I, I definitely want to read a lot of people's interpretations of this i am curious about in, in the context of new french extremity where they feel it's significant lies like if it's just yeah. a really well done film or if they think of it in broader terms yeah um, and I, I think it's really well done. I just think it's on like a smaller scale than something like Martyrs, which mm-hmm. has a very high reaching concept and is very long and, you know, has oh, a lot totally. of different eras and different types of scary things throughout it. Totally. But they're definitely linked by this um, beautiful use of violence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scaredy Cats, thanks for listening to another bloody episode of the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre. I'm Chris Vandenberg. And I'm David Stoneborough. And as always... Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Just don't have a baby, chaos reigns. I don't think I will. I'll pass also. See you guys next week. Bye.